With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Xavier Scruggs, and you're listening to The Bigs. It was just sharing my thoughts on it and hopefully being able to just reach somebody. It didn't have to be a lot of people. It could have been one person. That's Jack Flaherty, pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals. He's one of the top starters in the league. And when he saw what was happening with Black Lives Matter movement last summer, he knew he wanted to speak out against police violence. It wasn't a simple choice. My mom was scared. She was like, it's a scary place to be in because I don't want, you know, she saw what happened in Kaepernick. But he went for it. We actually need more more call for action. We need more people to continue this conversation, continue to, you know, bring light to events like this. And, you know, it's just like what would have happened if there was, if, there, if, if you know, somebody hadn't filmed it or recorded it. We really wouldn't know. I played professional baseball for 12 years for both the Cardinals and the Marlins. And the thing about baseball, every single player has their own path. We all have our unique experiences and bring totally different perspectives. This ain't your average sports podcast. This is MLB's first player-to-player show. You usually learn about your favorite players in short interviews after the game. On the bigs, I sit down with them for longer conversations to talk about baseball and about life and how they're related. This episode, I'm going to chat with Jack Flaherty, not just about his career, but about growing up in L.A., his relationship with his mom and his activism. Stay with us. Whether it's delivering groceries to a neighbor or a night off from cooking, what if touching the life of one person could make a difference for many more? Now, each time you order online or tap in store with your MasterCard at qualifying restaurants and grocery stores, MasterCard will donate to Stand Up to Cancer. One precious cent at a time, up to $5 million. Start something priceless. Promotion ends on August 31st, 2021, or when maximum $5 million donation is reached, whichever comes first. Debit pin and international transactions ineligible. Stand Up to Cancer is a division of the Entertainment Industry Foundation. Terms apply. See mastercard.us slash su2c. Yo, what's going on? Yo, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. His first full season in the bigs, 2018, Flaherty went from top prospect to immediate impact starter and finished fifth in the NL Rookie of the Year voting. Jack Flaherty on the mound. As we mentioned, he was voted Player of the Month in the National League, a 4-1-1 record and an ERA of 0. Today, Flaherty is one of MLB's best pitchers, and he's only getting better. But before he was a first-round pick in 2014, before he played on a high school team with two other future major leaguers, even before he started winning youth baseball tournaments at the age of seven, Jack Flaherty was in the stands at Dodger Stadium with his mom, Eileen, who adopted him as a single mother when he was three weeks old. So here is Adrian Beltry. She took him to games when he was just a toddler. And he hits a line drive down the line. And I'd just sit there, like on her lap, wouldn't be running up and down the aisles. You, see, you, know, you know how kids are. Just locked in. Yeah. As soon as he could start playing t-ball, his mom found him a team 
and she's been a big influence ever since. You know, she, she allowed my brother and I to be ourselves, but also would always push us to levels that she thought we would we should be at. And it always started with school. It was always school first, grades came first. And it was like, sports are great. Like, we're going to go and we're going to do this, but like, y'all better get your homework done and you better get A's. Because the <laughs> second that goes, like, well, you're not going to be playing sports for him. And like, you might have a week off or you might... You, you might not be going to practice that week because, you know, the, the grades are dropping. Right. So it was always, it was always you know, be disciplined and, and take care of the little things and, and you know, the sports will come around. But she, uh, she especially now, she, we, we never talked baseball. We would always just like, you know, I could come off a bad game or something and We'd just talk about anything else. Like, usually it'd be school. Like, we'd get in the car and, like, we'd talk school. And right. it wasn't that, uh, you know, constant baseball or constant, you know, sports talk. We'd just talk about anything else. And um, so that was nice to have growing up. You know, even now, she she finds ways to to say the right thing when I really need to hear it. And it's not always, like, it's not always just a pat on the back. Like, you know, it's okay. Like, it. it she, she's, she's just going to tell it like it is. You could see it definitely with guys growing up of, you know, everything it was, you know, you, you know you're traveling for, for tournaments and whatnot, and, you, you know, you have a tough one, and you got a tough day, and you, you hop in the car with, with dad, and it's, you know, two hours of breaking down your swing and being like, you did this <laughs> or you did that, and, you know, we just worked on this the other day with the hitting coach or, uh, or, or with him, and, and it's like, Luckily, I didn't have to do that. I could, we could just kind of, you know, all right, where are we getting food? And then, like, yeah. move on from there and try to forget about the game. And, and, and you know, I, obviously, I would never stop thinking about it. It was just, like, cycle through right. my head. I think it was nice to have and just be able to, to let those things go. Is there any specific moment between you and your mom that really sticks out before you even got drafted? <laughs> Yeah, I told her I wanted to quit one point. <laughs> quit the game. Yeah, she didn't take too. She didn't take. She actually took it really well, but like <laughs> in a scary kind of way. I, My mom might have slapped me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what was going on. I I was like not happy with the way things were going or or, or something. And I was like, I was just like, well, I'm done. Like I, I'm done. I, I'm. I'm good. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this anymore. What age? When was this? I was think? in high school. Okay. I think I was in high school. I think me and me and the coach, we we have a great relationship, but I think we was getting into it all the time. Mm. And I was kind of like, I'm just like, I'm done. Like, I'm good. And she was like, all right, it's cool. But like, at the time I was helping one of our family friends, I was helping like, the dad coach, like one of the younger sons, like I would just go there and um, we just do it. It was fun. Like we had a good relationship. It was it was fun for me. Like being around a bunch of God, it would have been like eight, nine, eight, nine year olds. And <laughs> so she was like, "All right, cool, but you you got to walk over there and tell those that team and those kids like it's okay to quit. Like it's okay to mm. just." to just stop and, like, give up because, like, you're not happy with the situation and, like, things aren't going so well. And I was like, I can't. In my head, I was like, I can't tell them that, that, 
I'm going to quit. I can't tell him it's okay to do that. And she's like, that's all you got to do. So go over there, tell him to quit. And like, that's fine by me. I don't have to, she's like, I don't have to drive to, I don't have to drive you to practice anymore. I don't have to drive to these games, you know, at, at 10 a.m. On a, on a Saturday and all this stuff. And uh, she doesn't have to leave work early to come to games. She's like, I'm fine with it. I don't, no more less, none of that. She's like, I'm cool. But she's like, you got to go do that. And I was like, I can't do that. And so that that was that. And, and now we're here at this point. That seemed to be probably like a turning point, right? Like yeah. maybe got you back on track? Yeah. And from that point on, I, I never like, I never looked back. It, it never was like in mm-hmm. question on, you know, whether or not I was going to, you know, play this game forever. Or at least as long right, as it'll let me. Right. Now, Flaherty is doing more than just playing the game. He's mastering it. A swing out of his. Flaherty strikes out Duvall. Everything is released from the exact same spot. He stands tall, and then four different pitches come out of this window. But next, I'll talk to Flaherty about what he's doing off the field. You know, I never ever saw myself having the role that I have now at all. Was hoping to never have to be in a position to have to talk about, you know, what's gone on, you know, throughout 2020. That's after a quick break. It's easy to touch the lives of the people closest to you. And you can, every day. Whether it's delivering groceries to a neighbor. Thank you, Kellen. Now what would I do without you? Or a night off from cooking. You got us tacos. This looks so good. We needed this. But what if it was just as easy to make a big impact? What if touching the life of one person could make a difference for many more? Now, each time you order online or tap in store with your MasterCard at qualifying restaurants and grocery stores, MasterCard will donate to Stand Up to Cancer, one precious cent at a time, up to $5 million. Together, we can start something priceless. Promotion ends on August 31st, 2021, or when maximum $5 million donation is reached, whichever comes first. Debit, PIN, and international transactions ineligible. Stand Up to Cancer is a division of the Entertainment Industry Foundation. Terms apply. See mastercard.us slash SU2C. Jack Flaherty has used his success in the major leagues to build a platform. He has more than 100,000 followers on Instagram and over 65,000 on Twitter. So if he has something to say, people listen. Flaherty is biracial, and he identifies as black. Last year, during the uprisings and protests for racial justice around the world, he was one of the most outspoken players in the major leagues. We actually need more, more call for action. We need more people to continue this conversation, continue to you know, bring light to events like this. And you know, it's just like, what would have happened if there was... If, 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 you know, somebody hadn't filmed it or recorded it, you know, it would, we really wouldn't know. He tweeted a long message headlined by George Floyd's words, I can't breathe, saying the badge and the blue uniform are not a pedestal that puts a citizen of the United States of America above the law. It was a powerful statement, condemning police violence, demanding the officers who killed Floyd be held accountable. And you don't often see players in the major leagues speak out like this. Flaherty told me that outspokenness is connected to his upbringing. Do you feel like growing up in a city like L.A. shaped your views on justice at all? I was always around different 
different cultures and, and diversities. Yeah. And so for me, Your perspective was different. I got a very diverse group of people around me. So, and that's just the way it was wherever I went in LA and wherever I, whatever friend group I was around, you had people of all different, you know, races and cultures kind of mixing together. And it was nothing. It was just like, that's just, that's just how it was. And so I, I guess in that sense, and then you get into the baseball world and you get to people who, did not live in like that kind of environment. You see the difference. You can see it. Growing up in L.A. also meant watching Kobe Bryant. Flaherty has always looked up to the way Kobe used his voice. He embraced Kobe's mantra, tackling whatever's in front of you with intensity, being fearless, relentless. Kobe called it his Mamba mentality. Another thing about Kobe is he has such an influence, not just like on the court in his sport, he had, he used his platform wholeheartedly all over the place. And I I commend you because in today's society, even though athletes have an amazing influence, we're still often confined to being one dimensional or being told to stick to your sport. Right. And and don't get involved in anything else. Um, You haven't done that. You know, I never ever saw myself having the role that I have now at all was hoping to never have to be in a position to have to talk about you know what's gone on you know throughout 2020 this isn't a time for sports to become a distraction it's not a time to 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 forget about everything that that just went on and the protests that went on and so it's it's trying to use sports and trying to find a way to keep the conversation going you know seeing the video of george floyd and something just hit something and there's been there's been stuff that has gone on and that was kind of the one that took a lot of people over the edge and and myself as well because it was like you can't I don't know what you can say to to convince me otherwise of what I just like of what I just watched mm. and seeing athletes and whatnot you know open up and say how they felt and I was just having conversations with my close friends because we was I was home in quarantine and in my close they were the ones that actually like started this conversation with me of like, we would just talk about things. And we, and you know, she was like, one of my close friends, she was like, you need to watch this. You need to watch this. You need to read this, this. And I was just like, I had the time. And it was just like, all right, cool. You know, watch this documentary, watch a couple different documentaries, read a couple different articles and was reading. And then it was, everybody started to come out with, you know, how they felt about things and what was kind of going through their head. And, and then they just took one post on, and wrote down some thoughts and had some people help me, you know, put a post together and threw that on mm-hmm. Instagram. And from there, it was just like, it continued and it kept going. And it was never, it was just like, that was just sharing my thoughts on it and hopefully being able to just reach somebody. It didn't have to be a lot of people. It could have been one person. Right, and, right. And, and now it's, you know, I kind of have a little bit of a bigger voice in that and, you know, it was, a, it was, my mom was scared. She was like, it's a scary place to be in because I don't want, you know, she saw what happened to Kaepernick. And she's like, there ain't a lot of people in baseball, like, and I just, she's like, I don't want that. I don't want you to be hung out to dry and be like the only one. She's like, the NBA, they all got each other's backs. Right. That's a good point. And even as athletes, like, going back to, I don't know if it was, whatever whatever year it was but like not everybody had caps back 
It wasn't a unified thing. And then you look at Bruce Maxwell, who took the knee in baseball, and he kind of got, you know, he was kind of done after that. Like, he took the knee. Yeah, he was, he was pretty much blackballed. Yeah, he was blackballed, basically. And she was, she was like, I just don't, I'm not trying to have you. I don't want you to get in that position. Like, I love you speaking up, and I love you talking, but, like, just I don't want it to put you in a a vulnerable position. And I was like, Honestly, I'm just been asked questions and I'm just answering them to the best of my ability. I'm not, I didn't even think about it. She was like, I just, I just want you to think about that. So it's, it's been important. And, you know, obviously, you know, there's been the conversations that, we, that we've all had of like, you know, backing Bruce and backing each other through all of this and making sure everything's more unified. Um, so it's been an interesting road to take. But whatever you do, everybody's a human being first. So to tell somebody to kind of stay in their lane of what you are doesn't really make sense if everybody is a human being first and foremost to their core. So I don't understand the, you know, the stick to sports or stick to this or stick to that. Like, Yeah, it doesn't mean, you know, just because I, I'm not the expert in one area doesn't mean I can't offer my opinion mm -hmm. or educate myself and speak out and learn yeah. about these things. You know, activism seems to be something that weighs heavily on your heart and you're able to use the opportunities that you've had to express your thoughts and, and opinions. And those have been important to you. But there's so many other players that maybe have that same fear that your mom has, right? That, you know, they might go through something similar as a Bruce Maxwell, what would you say to some of those players who maybe are apprehensive to say what's on their mind or, or say how they feel? You know, everything's been now, especially last year in 2020, everything was, was done more on a unified front. And if you can do things together and if you can do things as a group from that end, it, it makes things easier and it makes things a lot more comfortable to be able to have happen. So... If as a if as a group or if as a you know if we can do things together like that on the unified end, um, if you got if you got people who have your back, you're gonna be all right. You're gonna be all right, and, and as long as you can come together as a as a group and or come together and have a couple guys, you know, as baseballs form, you know, with the players alliance and be able to you know have each other's back and and you'll be able to speak up and and kind of share your thoughts. Yeah, no, and, and I love how you mentioned the Players Alliance because they're doing some great things. Um, it's a great organization that's helping underprivileged communities and bring awareness to the dwindling numbers of African-Americans in Major League Baseball um, and minorities. But for me, it's deeper than that. For me, it's about, you know, also the individual using their personal resources and implementing creative ways to change um, the way the game is perceived, ultimately changing the way we think about the game and how it's marketed as well. Where do you see maybe the biggest opportunity for change in, in, in Major League Baseball or even more broadly? Well, first off, it's, I mean, it starts with, in terms of Major League Baseball, baseball is, uh, is an expensive sport for families. I mean, you think about, Think about basketball, you know, obviously you got to buy the shoes. Only one person needs to have a ball and you can find a park anywhere. <laughs> Only one person got to have a ball. You ain't got to have a bunch. Only one person got to have a ball and y'all can go have a great time. 
baseball, you need the glove, you need a helmet, you need cleats, you need a bunch of different baseballs. You could get yeah, away with this one. This stuff is getting more and more expensive. And it's getting more and more <laughs> expensive. But it's been something that I've always like, you know, wanted to have of be able to find ways to make it cheaper and easier for these to play. And sometimes you just get to age range and you just kind of, it becomes too expensive to continue to go on and be like, all right, we'll just go play, you know, continue to hoop or whatnot. Now it's time for the X Factors. Our rapid fire questions. Every episode, we throw these out fast. And guests have to answer with the first thing that comes to mind. First one for you. If you could have a day in the life of one celebrity, who would it be? It was Michael B. Jordan off the top. Just to live that, mm. to be in that type of uh, that type of world. That was off the top. That was the first one that came to mind. Huh. I'll give the first one, even if I'm like, I don't know if that's actually true, but that was the first one that came to mind. <laughs> <laughs> if you could change one thing about the game of baseball, what would it be? Drop third strike. Ooh. I, I, I went to I went to a rules, but that was the first thing. Yeah. Like, no, I like, I, like I haven't got that one yet. That is a good one. <laughs> That's because you'd be throwing nasty pitches in the in the dirt. <laughs> and good you, thing you got Yachty right now. Uh, yeah. I mean, he, he, he takes care of a lot of that. We don't really have to deal with that here. Right. No, I could I, I definitely see that for especially playing defense too. You're like, come on, man, this guy got a free base and he swung at something in the dirt. Like, yeah. come on. Who were your favorite players growing up? Uh Jeter, Griffey, and uh and Pedro. And it, and I say growing up, but like, you know, I was super young when when they was when they <laughs> was really when they was really doing it, but that's like I, I don't know what I was able to somehow watch their games and mm. and those were just the guys that 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 I loved that that absolutely were were my favorites. If you could go back and tell your ten year old self one thing, what would it be? Man, real simple, just continue to continue to be you. Never stop being you. Never you know. Never forget where you come from. And I feel like I've been able to do that. But you're gonna you know get lost along the way a couple times, but always come back to to being yourself and. Uh, yourself is always good enough. I hope the kids are listening up. Man, <laughs> that's, where, that's where it's at right there, man. Jack, I appreciate you, man. Keep working. Keep doing your thing. Um, blessings to you and the family. Best of luck to you for this season. Uh, excited to watch you. Um, and thank you for jumping on the podcast, my man. Appreciate it, man. Absolutely. That was Jack Flaherty, starting pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals this season. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and leave us a review. It helps new listeners to find the show. You can discover more MLB shows at MLB.com slash podcast. Follow at MLB on all your favorite social media platforms, especially YouTube and TikTok. And follow me. I'm at Xavier underscore Scruggs on all the platforms. Our audio team is from Neon Hum Media and includes producer Haley Fager, Associate Producer Rob Dozer, Production Manager Sammy Allison, and Executive Producers Jonathan Hirsch and Shara Morris. Editorial Support from Nick White. Mixing and Engineering by Scott Somerville. On the MLB team, Production Support from Extraordinary Athletes. Ian Kay is MLB's Executive Producer for Podcasts. Special thanks to Barbara McHugh, Greg Clayman, Alicia Mullen, and Lance Gitlin. 
Music by Asha Ivanovich. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.